0: Welcome to Three Questions With, a podcast by the Latino News Network. LNN is dedicated to best-serving Hispanic Latinos with local multimedia news and information websites in New England and the Midwest, a statewide community-focused initiative. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community by speaking with community and industry thought leaders on topics like civic engagement, education, employment, healthcare, communication, and social responsibility, among others. I'm Hugo Balta, owner and publisher of LNN and your host. Massachusetts is home to more than 30,000 Hispanic Latino businesses, 3,800 of which are employer firms that generate over $4.2 billion in annual revenue and create more than 27,000 jobs. That's according to Betty Francisco, co-founder of Amplify Latinx. The state is also home to 9% of Hispanic-Latino eligible voters, according to the Pew Research Center. The group reached a milestone in 2020, becoming the largest ethnic and racial electorate, and is sure to be a key component to any candidate seeking office in this year's midterms. Still, while those numbers are impressive, systemic barriers are keeping the community from realizing equitable power and wealth. Rosario Uberia-Manaya is the Executive Director of Amplify Latinx, a nonpartisan collaborative movement whose mission is to build Latinx economic and political power by significantly increasing Latinx civic engagement and representation in leadership positions across sectors. She's this month's guest on Three Questions With. Rosario, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Hugo. It's a pleasure.
0: Rosario, let's start with the conversation with Amplify Latinx mission. It is to, quote, be be a leading voice and advocate for our Latinx communities across Massachusetts by building a diverse, unified, and powerful coalition of Latinx leaders and partner organizations Tell us about your organization and how you bring its mission to life.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, again, thank you for having us at the plas- platform. It's always great to be able to talk about the organization because the way we um, sustain ourselves and grow is making sure that many Latinos know about the work that we are doing. We have become a trusted um, Latin Led coalition. At this point, we are over six thousand members, and uh, these members are participants and engaged in um, our programming and events and convenings. But we also have close to three hundred cross sector partners. So that's why we are a coalition. We are um, a space that brings all of those cross sectors, uh, individuals, organizations, and groups together to make sure that um, we are. Um, collaborating and, and, and working together to continue advocating for the Latino community. And uh, as you said, our goal is to serve as one of the leading voices and advocates in Massachusetts for uh, the Latino community. And uh, and we do that through different initiatives and opportunities to work together. Um, we are a grass tops organization that uh, works in bringing all those voices into one um, area and, uh, and which is economic opportunity for Latinos and in uh, continue advocating um, for for that goal. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's part of part of the work that we do comes out of those collaborations and the needs that we see in the uh, grassroots level.
0: Collaboration certainly is key to the success of any enterprise. In February, Amplify Latinx announced a partnership with Robinhood, a major US commissions free stock trading and investing app. As part of that announcement, you said, quote, as a demographic historically affected by systemic inequities, having resources and access to uplifting and promoting Latinx talent and representation and creating opportunities for economic growth is crucial to the rebuilding and restructuring of our economy. What are the historic systemic inequities keeping Hispanic Latinos from economic prosperity?
1: Well, thank you for that question. And it's it's a a question that um, the organizations that we work with and collaborate with, and of course the communities that we serve, you know, uh, have been challenged with. Uh, Massachusetts is among the wealthiest states in the country. And uh, yet the Latino communities have struggled economically uh, related to Latinos nationwide. Um, there was a report that just came out, it's brand new. It came out um, a couple of weeks ago by Boston Indicators and in collaboration with the Gaston Institute and Latino Equity Fund that are all of our partners under Amplify um, that, talks about the bright spots that we have seen in Latinos in Massachusetts, for example, poverty rates have decreased and uh, and that's that's a plus, but um, on, on top of that, Latinos have a higher entrepreneurship and education and labor force participation rates than in years past, but it still is a disproportionate share of more than 800,000 Latinos in Massachusetts today. Um, And they contend with having basic necessities met and low intergenerational economic mobility uh, rates. So um, that's kind of like the big picture of what we're facing. And that encompasses so many different areas between housing and immigration and education and and jobs and, and just basic training to be able to continue their economic mobility. And in part, also, is that um, we have seen that Latinos uh, raised in Massachusetts lack. Uh, in comparison to the U.S. Latinos, like the nationwide, in terms of their incomes by age 35. Uh, Within our state, Latinos have uh, similarly low levels of economic mobility as Blacks, and uh, still they register far lower economic mobility levels than white or Asian individuals. So we are way behind, especially in the largest groups of Latinos in Massachusetts, uh, which are Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. Uh, On top of that, we are now in one concentrated area we are kind of like spread out but also we are not in the Boston urban core uh, cities so we are um, outside in other um, more distant spaces or cities uh, from Boston and that's where fewer opportunities for upward mobility exist. So again you know that's part of kind of like what we're dealing with in terms of the uh, overall uh, challenges with um, economic mobility for Latinos and we saw that really being affected or highlighted uh, during the pandemic and we are still seeing it today.
0: That's a really good point because one, you know, Hispanic Latinos are not a monolith. Uh, As we all know, uh, you have uh, Hispanic Latinos that are U.S. born, you have foreign born, you have language barriers you have, like the the Puerto Rican community, because of the commonwealth state and the relationship with the United States, have certain, you know, rights as citizens uh, of the United States, but when it comes to voting, cannot vote for the general election unless they have a residence in the mainland. And of course, as you mentioned, there's also diversity of where we live. Not all Hispanic Latinos are living in urban areas, and certainly more and more of them are living in suburban areas that, as you mentioned, have fewer resources. You're listening to Three Questions With, Rosario Uberia Minaya, Executive Director of Amplify Latinx. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community. We're speaking with Rosario Uberia Minaya, Executive Director of Amplify Latinx. Rosario, you're originally from Quisqueya La Vega, the Dominican Republic. Tell us about your experience coming to the United States and at one point being an undocumented immigrant and how your cultural background shapes the person you are and the work that you do.
1: Well, thank you for that question. Not uh, all the time I get the question about my personal experiences, but definitely uh, my personal experience, my upbringing and especially that experience of coming from the Dominican Republic to the United States have really shaped me into the individual that I'm today, the leader that I am today, but it has been a journey and it's still an ongoing journey, kind of like identifying, finding my identity and my voice uh, with all those experiences as been part of it. Um, So, yeah, I came from the Dominican Republic when I was a teenager, 15 years old. So that transition, uh, I came right into high school, uh, completely different environment from from where I grew up. Um, I grew up in Santo Domingo and um, my parents uh, were um, comfortable there. We had a comfortable life. Um, My dad was the director of a a major newspaper. Uh, in the Dominican Republic uh, for 20 years. And then coming into the experience here of um, becoming low income and um, and, and undocumented was a completely different, um, you know, um, set of experiences uh, as part of the journey. But I I think that all of that really got me closer to social justice issues, and especially advocating for undocumented um, immigrants um, Uh, thinking about also voter rights and other things, uh, DACA, uh, which at that time was not even a thing uh, that we started to advocate when I was in college. Um, So that really took me close to um, community engagement and, and community organizing. And that's how I started uh, kind of like this trajectory of um, getting involved with nonprofits that were focusing on social justice issues. And, uh, and it's basically because of what I saw not only in the experiences of my family, my parents, my my relatives, but also in my community. I grew up in the North Shore in Salem, Massachusetts. And at that time when I came with my family, it was a very small um, Latino community in, in, in Salem, and, uh, but that community welcomed me, and it was a low-income um, Afro-Latino community. Uh, most of the, of the residents were also undocumented, so we kind of like bonded together in, in um, empowering each other. And, uh, and I saw that I, um, I had an opportunity to develop my voice and my advocacy through, through all of that. So in the, then the rest is history. I've been part of so many different movements and organizations, especially in the North Shore. And I had the pleasure to lead some nonprofits um, And that kind of like um, came all together in terms of my role with Amplify because I feel that it brings all of that into, into context.
0: Rosario well, Beria Minaya, Executive Director of Amplify Latin. Next, You are inspirational and aspirational. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Three Questions With is produced by, the L- by LNN that oversees five independent local news and information websites with a statewide coverage, Hispanic Latino editorial focus in New England and the Midwest. Do you have a, a suggestion for a Three Questions With um, special guest? Please email us to infolatinonewsnetwork.com. Amu Gavalta, owner and publisher of the Latino News Network. Thank you all for listening. Stay informed and stay safe.